to us. And not only listeners and hearers of your word, Heavenly Father, but doers of your word. And the thing we learn, Heavenly Father, we'll go and teach and tell others what they must do to be saved. And Heavenly Father, we just pray when we come to the end of our journey and said our last prayer and taken our last breath, we just pray, Heavenly Father, we'll hear those wonderful words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Come on in, get your mansion, your robe, and your crown. All these blessings we ask in your Son and our Savior Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Church, I'm going to ask you to place your markers at pages 948 for the, for the Song of Invitation. Pages 948 for the Song of Invitation. And for our next song selection, let us know pages 712. Jesus is coming soon. I'll find out a scene together. Trouble sometimes are here, filling men's heart with fear. Freedom we all hold dear. Now is that stay. Humble your heart to God, saves them from chastening rock. Seek the way pilgrim try. Christians away. My Jesus is, Jesus is coming soon, morning or night. Or new men and will meet their dooms, trumpets will sound, and all that are dead shall rise, righteous meet in the sky, go and where no one dies, heavenward bound. Love us so many cold, losing their homes all go. This in God's word is told, evil's abound. When the times come to pass, near in the end at last, it will come very fast, prophets will sound. My Jesus is, Jesus is coming soon, morning or night, or new men and we'll meet. Their dooms, trumpets will sound, and all that are dead shall rise. Righteous meet in the skies, going where no one dies, heavenward bound. Trouble will soon be your happy forevermore. When we meet on that shore, free from all care, rising up in the sky telling this world goodbye home we then will fly glory to share my jesus is jesus is coming soon morning or night or new men will meet their dooms trumpets will sound and all that up shall rise righteous meet in the sky going where no one die, heavenward bound. My Jesus is, Jesus is coming soon, morning or night, or new men, and we'll meet their dooms, trumpets will sound.
and all that are dead shall rise righteous meet in the sky going where no one dies heavenward bound church let us know pages 867 to Canaan's land I'm on my way. Pages 867. <clears throat> We've all found that a scene together. To Canaan's land, I'm on my way, where the soul of man never die. My darkest night will turn today. Where the soul of man never die. No sad farewell. No tear dim night. We're all his love. And the soul of man never die. A rose is blooming there. For me, where the soul of man never dies, and I will spend eternity where the soul of man never dies. No sad farewell, no
song is referring to eternal life. It's uh, certainly referring to heaven's glory. And we are on our way uh, to that fair land. We're so appreciative of Brother Martin leading us in uh, those songs of hymns and spiritual songs unto the throne of God. Uh, for we are commanded to do so. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and Colossians chapter 3 uh, reminds us that we are to be full of the Spirit. And as we are full of the Spirit, we are to sing songs, songs, hymns, spiritual songs, making that melody in our heart unto the Lord. The Hebrew writer said, in the midst of the church will I give him the sacrifice of praise, uh, which is the fruit of our lips. And we are to do that uh, continually. And we're so very thankful to God to be able to be uh, in a worship service where we can we can do just that, uh, we we recognize that uh, it is not our bodies uh, that are worshiping God, but it is our spirit that worship that is worshiping God. These are spiritual acts of worship. In John chapter four, it's very it's made very clear as Jesus spoke to the woman while he was at the well. He said that uh, God seeketh true worship. To worship him in spirit uh, and in truth. Uh, and so we do that every Lord's Day. We assemble ourselves uh, in this place. Uh, and I, so, I am so thankful to God that, that if, 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 some sense, if some tragedy occurred where the world went upside down and, and they wouldn't let us gather in a, a, a specific place, uh, uh, as long as we are together, we can go anywhere and worship God, uh, and worship him in spirit and in truth. You, you, you cannot outmatch the wisdom of God. And God said if they try to take away the building, y'all go somewhere else and find some places to worship, and worship God in spirit and in truth. I want to call your attention to the book of Psalm, uh, the 110th division uh, of the book of Psalm, as we uh, once again uh, re-engage uh, our uh, theme that is addressing um, the the ark, the tabernacle, the temple, the church, uh, the covenant, uh, and within the discussion concerning the tabernacle, we are uh, unfolding uh, the the thought that we began uh, concerning the translation from the darkness into uh, the marvelous light. Uh, we've addressed the idea of self awareness and. And we uh, certainly uh, have uh, touched upon uh, the idea of guidance. Uh, and so I want to transition now into the last thought, which is deliverance. Uh, and, and there's uh, much to be said, and uh, I think David uh, certainly has uh, some words for us uh, when it comes to uh, the idea of, uh, of deliverance. Um, it is important that we 
we, we place this in the context of the tabernacle because when we uh, speaking about the tabernacle, we know that these are, uh, uh, in the technical sense, archetypes, if you will. They are structures, construct, uh, uh, constructs of God, if you will, when it comes to saving his people. As the ark was uh, with, to Noah and the other seven souls, uh, it was an archetype, if you will, uh, in the physical form uh, that would relate to a place of safety and that place of salvation, uh, that place of deliverance, which would eventually be in the spiritual type, which would become the church. Uh, we, we, we recognize that uh, as Noah and the uh, other seven souls were uh, saved uh, when they were in the ark, amen, uh, those who obey the gospel, go down in the watery grave of baptism, as we studied on last Lord's Day about the significance of, uh, uh, of the water. Uh, we we uh, remember we talked about how the priests made, uh, they had to, before they went into the holies of holies, the tabernacle, um, they had to be washed, amen. They had to be cleansed in order to enter into the tabernacle. Not only that, we talked about how they needed to change their clothes, amen. They couldn't, they couldn't bring the same worldly clothes into the holy sanctuary. They had to remove those garments and be washed, and then they would put on uh, the, the new garments, and they would be able to go into uh, the, the tabernacle, the holy of holies. That being said, the church becomes that spiritual place where we see the type of these things being spiritually manifested, for it is through the watery grave of baptism that one washes themselves. Amen. In the spiritual sense. And then they come up out of the watery grave of baptism uh, to walk in the newness of life. And God has already said very clearly, Acts 2.47, one of our more common and familiar scriptures we read, well, God added them to the church daily, uh, those that were being saved as such that should be saved because they were being baptized uh, based on the, 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 the true teaching and the belief of God's word. Now, we also recognize that uh, the the uh, uh, Ephesians 1 and 7 helps us to understand that the water is just not there as a, um, uh, uh, if you will, as a, some kind of cleansing source, uh, but there is a, there is spiritual uh, 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 providence within the water that God has placed in his word, where Ephesians 1 and 7 says we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. But you can't have access to the blood unless you go through the water. Uh, and so, because God has placed them both to, there together. Now, some would come with the carnal mind, and we recognize that, because some would still be, uh, if you will, growing and developing as newborn babes, desiring the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. When you see the water, you may have some sense of expectation to see some blood or something of that nature. But that's not what the, 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 the scripture is teaching. It is a spiritual concept. It is the spiritual idea. For God has said that when you go down in the water, it is because of the blood of Christ uh, that he spilled on Calvary's cross uh, that we have redemption uh, through his blood. And, 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 and uh, surely, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 makes it very clear, we walk by faith and not by sight. Uh, and, and, and let's be very clear here. It's not about what, about what we see or what you see. It's about what God sees. Amen. Because, see, God sees the blood. Amen. And, and that blood that he sees is the, is the blood of Christ. And so we, 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 we see here then 
that as we look at the idea of deliverance, we understand that deliverance is not something that is by happenstance. In other words, it's not something that happens accidentally or unplanned. Uh, but it's a part of the whole process. Because when one has uh, become self-aware of their sin, and they recognize that they stand a guilty distance from God. And Paul helps us to understand that in Romans chapter 7, Ephesians, uh, Acts chapter 2. Uh, when uh, Peter stands up and preaches the first gospel sermon, he, they, 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 Acts 17 and 30, and uh, uh, we look at uh, uh, Luke 13, 3 and 5, and we other uh, scriptures that we quote all the time about the, the recognition and the need to identify the recognition of sin. Last time we brought in the prayer of Nehemiah, uh, in Nehemiah chapter 1, where uh, Nehemiah recognized, if you will, based on uh, uh, on behalf, rather, of the fathers, his fathers, the generational fathers, and uh, based on the people of that then known time, Nehemiah said, but we have not kept the word of God. We had sinned uh, against God. Uh, so we recognize that self-awareness, that one is in sin, becomes very important. The priests could not go into the tabernacle without, if you will, making sure that they had cleansed themselves. If they had tried to go into the tabernacle without having already uh, cleansed themselves and prepared themselves to enter into that place of holiness, they would have been destroyed. Amen. And so we recognize uh, that self-awareness of one's uh, disposition with God is important. It is critical because once we acknowledge what it is uh, that is in our life that has uh, made us uh, uh, and caused us to be a guilty distance from God, uh, we then begin to seek God's guidance. We, we want to know, Lord, how, how can I become nigh thee? How can I become near you? Amen. How, how can I have you in my life so my life can change and I can become that which you will, uh, that you will find worthy and acceptable to enter into uh, heaven's glory? Uh, how, 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 what do I need to do? I need your, your, your guidance. And we, we, we recognize this because throughout the in the entire epistle of, uh, of, of, of the book of Psalms, uh, David is recognizing that his, his relationship with God is, is, is so critical that, that the, the first psalm, amen, helps us to understand the significance of, of, of seeking God's guidance. And I know that sometimes we, we, we are so uh, deeply engrossed in reading God's word, uh, we, we don't spend enough time digesting some of the, the, the critical ideas that, 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 that God has in his word. And so even before we get to Psalm uh, 32, we know that the, the, the first Psalm, amen, sets the whole tone of the book of Psalm, amen. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinner, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and therein doth he meditate day and night. He shall be as a tree planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. But the ungodly are not so, for they are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor the sinner in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. That sets the whole tone to the book of Psalms. David said, I'm, I'm, I need God's guidance. I'm turning to the word. Amen. And you find throughout and interwoven uh, within the book of Psalm, David 
if you will, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about uh, 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 the, the, the word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my pathway. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. David understood the significance of guidance, amen, when it comes to God's word. And I use David because we're in the book, but in the, in the book of Psalm, but we know that even from the very beginning, Adam, uh, if you will, was, uh, had uh, received guidance from God on how to conduct himself when he was in the garden. And so did Noah when the covenant was given unto him. Amen. Sometimes we, we, don't, we don't stop for a moment to recognize that we, we, before God allowed Noah to get into the spiritual construct, there was a covenant that was struck. Amen. Uh, there was a covenant agreement on how we, they were to conduct themselves and in God's expectation, and in every dispensation, and in every generation, God has, if you will, his covenant available for those to read it and to understand it, if it is that they desire to be saved, and that is to be delivered. Amen. Deliverance is not just by happenstance. It's not by accident. It is part of God's plan. Amen. And it's interwoven very intricately in the life of uh, those who desire uh, for God to uh, uh, intervene in their lives and to help them to become worthy to enter into heaven's glory. So guidance is important. And that's why we had all the constructs around uh, and, 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 and overlapping covenant. Uh, because God made sure that even Abraham, if you will, had covenant. Moses had covenant. Amen. The children of Israel through the law of Moses, were to practice that covenant throughout all their generations, amen, until he, which is the word of God, the, uh, the one who would become the actual king of kings and the lord of lords after all the seat warmers had passed away and gone into the byway, you would find Jesus coming uh, even after David, amen. David was... Uh, a, a good king. He was identified as one after God's own heart, but he wasn't Christ. Christ would eventually come and he would take over and be given dominion and be given a kingdom, a spiritual kingdom, a spiritual dominion that uh, would eventually uh, uh, allow each and every one who desired to be saved to become a part of that kingdom, a part of that church, a part of his body. And by doing that, when God comes back, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, that he will deliver up a kingdom, if you will, deliver up the church. He would come and take his bride, which is the church, and he would, if you will, have one without spot, wrinkle, or blemish, or any such thing. And 1 Corinthians 15 and 24 said he would deliver up the kingdom, and, and once again, God the Father would be over all. Amen. And so we recognize that, that this idea of guidance and the and the principles that are shared within the guidance, they, they are interwoven with the ultimate end, which is deliverance. Why go through all of this if you're not going to be delivered? We want to make heaven our home. It, 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 there, there's many and much, uh, to, there are many things to do and much trial and tribulation to suffer through. But, but as long as you know why you suffer, amen. It, it, it keeps you going from day to day. Amen. Amen. You, know, you know sometimes you, you, you're in the valley and you got to walk through the thorns and the thistles that are on the ground. But, but, but as long as you know that at the end of the journey, there is deliverance. Amen. 
That's the most important thing. David understood that. David understood that when he gave us Psalm 46. When he says, the Lord is my refuge. He is my strength. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. David understood that there was a time of trouble that he had to go through and that he had to uh, stay steadfast in the midst of it all in order that he may one day be uh, delivered. These are all the different ideas that help us to understand the significance of the, 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 the intricate relationship uh, that, that, that self-awareness and, 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 and guidance and deliverance has when it comes to living a Christian life. Let's make our way once again back to Psalm 32. And so we find ourselves... David giving us this psalm, and he, he said, Blessed is he, Psalm 32 and 1, 32nd division of the book of Psalm, verse number 1. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Amen. David, David said, there's a, there's, a, there's a blessing when you come to the tabernacle of God. When the, when, the, when the priests went to the, went, went to the tabernacle, they, they, they were not only responsible and held accountable for themselves. Amen. They, they had to make sure that they, they had taken care of their own sins first. And then they would handle the sacrifice, the offerings, that were presented to them by the people. And then they would prepare those offerings and uh, the elements of that offering to be presented into the uh, uh, inside the holies of holies and to be presented unto God. It, but, but they first had to address themselves and to ensure, if you will, that they were ready uh, to offer those things which 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 God uh, desired to have and, and which was necessary in order for the people to be blessed. And so David says to us, blessed is he, he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. I want you to see this text here. He says there's a blessing whose transgression is forgiven. says that 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 uh, uh, that when we confess our faults before God and we acknowledge that we have sinned and, and fallen short of God's glory, the Bible says that He's faithful, He's just, that He'll forgive us and He'll remember them no more. First John 1, 1 through 7. And so we 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 know that that, that God is a just God. He is a God that forgives us of our sin. But don't miss the second part of this text. He says, forgiveness is there. Blessed is the man or, uh, or, or he whose transgression is forgiven. But then he says, whose sin is covered. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. I'm, I'm about to say something. It's going to be all right. Because we're talking about being delivered. Amen. 
We're talking about being delivered. Now, 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 the text is giving us some guidance, but, but we want to we wanna understand what the will of God is so, so that we can one day be delivered. And that means that through this guidance, we have to be able to understand what it is that we need to do in order that we may one day be delivered. So here are the, here are the two key parts here. First of all, he's making a very good distinction between what God does when he forgives us. And what Jesus did that moved God to forgive us. Those are two different things. Amen. When God forgives us, we are blessed. God doesn't have to forgive us. Amen. He don't have to forgive us. But when he says that, 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 that blessing is he whose transgression is forgiven, there is an expectation that as we go before a good God and ask for that forgiveness and acknowledge that downfall, that shortcoming, that he's faithful. Amen. And just that he'll forgive us. So we come to him, as Paul says, with full confidence we come before the throne of God. Because we believe that he'll do what he said he's going to do. But then the second part is, why would he do such a thing? And it's not because you think you've been so good. Or that you are worthy. It's because of what Christ did. And because he is worthy. And it is because of the blood of Christ that covers us, covers our sin. Amen. That we can come before God and ask for such a thing. What makes us, if you will, uh, think that we're uh, so good that, that we can come before God in our own coming, in our own way, and God is just supposed to accept it just because we are standing there. God says, you have no right here. Amen. Amen. The only blessing that he is willing to bestow upon the transgressor is because of what the transgressor did to present themselves before God. Let me clarify that. Before you come before God, you better be covered. Amen. Amen. You better be covered. I know that John 9, 31 says that God heareth not sinners, but those who obey, who are uh, obedient unto God, those he hear. Let me tell you something. Those who are obedient unto God are those who have covered themselves. Before they come before God. When the priest came to the tabernacle, imagine for a moment that, you know, I'm just too tired today. Uh, I'm not going to wash. I'm, I'm just going to walk on in here and, and, and grab this stuff and I'm just going to offer it to God. And, and I'm too busy to wash and too busy to change my worldly clothes and put on my spiritual garments. I'm just going to walk in God's tabernacle and I'm going to offer whatever I want to offer, however I want to offer it, and God's going to accept it. Let me tell you something. There have been many priests who've been drug out of the tabernacle. However you want to come. Amen. I'm just trying to hope for his head. 
David said there's some guidance given to the soul, to the spirit. You want to be forgiven because of your transgression. That's a blessing because let me tell you something. It, that, that, that just to acknowledge and become aware that you need to be forgiven is a good step. It's a good step. It's a good step. Because that means that you're on your way. You are willing to acknowledge that so that you can become obedient unto God. And God says, I sent my son. To die on that cross. He took your place. Died on your behalf. Suffered the stripes and the, and the, and the ridicule that you deserve. And now because of what my son has done, God lets us know that he's willing to look upon his innocent blood that covers us, that we might be delivered. In Romans chapter 7, when Paul says, who shall deliver me from this body of sin? Amen. Paul knew he couldn't do it himself. He knew that he, he look, nothing he could do would be so great. But he thought he could just be delivered of his own self. It takes the blood of Christ. It takes the blood of Christ. And that's why Paul lets us know. Paul says, I know in whom I have believed and, and I know that he's able to keep that. Which I've given unto him against that day. That is the day of judgment. I know, Paul says, I have a, 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 a confidence that the life that I have chosen to be obedient unto God, being covered by the blood of Christ. Paul says, I have confidence in a faithful God. I know in whom I have believed. And I know that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day, the day of judgment. Because I want to be delivered. And since I want to be, in my desire and my hope is to be delivered, look what David says to us in Psalm 32 in verse number 2. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity. Lord have mercy. Thank you, Lord. And, and, and I come before you in your tabernacle, in your church, your kingdom, your body, that you are faithful and you are just, that you will forgive me and you will remember them no more. In that same blood, the same blood.
said we need to have to, to cover us. Amen. Folk want the blood without guidance. They even want the blood without self-awareness. Amen. Run around doing things we ought not to do, saying things we ought not to say, thinking things we ought not to think, and then we want to run before God and say, save me. God said, first of all, you need to become self-aware of what you've done. Brethren, I not have you to be ignorant. That's what Paul says. But understand what the will of the Lord is. Folk want to jump into the church without being taught. <laughs> they want to put the cart before the horse. Amen. Save me before I repent. <laughs> Lord have mercy. God said, ain't how this works. Amen. As a matter of fact, Jesus says, when you go out into the world, in Matthew 28, and also when he talks about Matthew 10, about the well, two by two, but he said, when you go out into the world with the, with the commission, you've been, you've been commissioned to teach and the, the word of God. He said, teach them and teach them again. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Amen. David said, blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputed not iniquity and in whose spirit there is no God. Amen. David said it's a blessing to be able to come to the tabernacle, to be able to make the offering before God. Then at this time, we know that it was the priest, if you will, the tribe of Levi. We know that would eventually change, but at the moment we know that it's the tribe of Levi who were the, identified as the, 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 the tribe of the priests. They would make the offering and they would, they would, they would be responsible for not only cleansing themselves, but they would be responsible for presenting the offering of the people before God uh, in the tabernacle. The high priest being the only one that would go into the holies of holies and be at the mercy seat of God and place the blood from the innocent animals and, and cast it upon the instruments that God had uh, ordained and authorized and given guidance to be placed in the uh, in the uh, uh, the holies of holies and inside the the, the the tabernacle and so we know that in this this known time that is the way that one's sins were forgiven but this archetype eventually becomes manifested in a spiritual way in the New Testament we no longer look to a man as a high priest but we have Christ who is our high priest and not after the similitude of man, but, but after the similitude of God. He talks about Melchizedek. We'll talk about that in, in, at some time. But, but, but we, we, we recognize then that that, that, that that man whose sin is, is, is not imputed, whose, whose uh, 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 the Lord imputed not iniquity, and whose spirit there is no guile. Look what he says. Blessed is the man uh, 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 unto whom the Lord Imputeth, in other words, not iniquity. Doesn't add when you impute something, you're adding the iniquity unto that person. Let me tell you something. If 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 it if it were not for Christ, we would all be in trouble. Amen. There'll be a lot of adding machines ringing up here because all of our sins, all of our wickedness, would be added to our lives, our souls. 
And let me tell you something, with all the things that are uh, in the world and of the world and all the things that we've done in the world and of the world, let me tell you something, God would have have a lot of imputing to do. But it's because of Christ who had no sin. Neither was any guile found in his mouth. It's because of his innocent blood that we as members of the body of Christ, the church of Christ, are now identified as being covered. We're covered by the blood of Christ. In whom we have redemption, Paul would say to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 1 and 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. It is in Christ whose blood has redeemed us from our transgressions. It is the blood of Christ. And and, and so we we see here that, 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 that in a very real sense, we see David foreshadowing for us the spiritual blessing of being in a relationship and connected to Christ. I want you to see something, what happens when when one doesn't acknowledge, when one doesn't become self-aware of their condition and their disposition before God, when, 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 they, when one continues to ignore the, 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 the need for themselves to, to, to change their lives so that God will save them. Well, I'll show you what happens to them. David says in the 32nd division of the book of Psalm, verse number 3, he says, when I kept silence. So a lot of folks think that by keeping silent, God don't know. <laughs> so if I don't say nothing, the Lord won't know. Look, God knows before you know. Amen. So keeping silence don't help, it hurts. Amen. Amen. There is no deliverance without sacrifice. Amen. There is no deliverance. Without sacrifice. So keeping silence is not helpful, it's hurtful. To your soul. David says when when we when we become self-aware of where we are in our relationship with God and our disposition with God, we need to acknowledge that thing. Don't keep silent. When I kept silence, my bones, ooh, Lord have mercy. My bones waxed old through, the, through, through my roaring all the day long. When you keep silence, when your relationship with God is not the way it needs to be. You may think you're resting, but you're not. You may think you're at peace, but you're not. Because your bones are, David said, are waxing old. They, 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 they're becoming, uh, if you will, uh, 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 so rigid that, that, that they're just decaying. 
They're waxing old and 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 look and and and, and inwardly with your with your with, with, with your life not being reconciled and in line with God. Amen. He says your 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 life is really roaring and and your and your mind is unsettled and and your spirit is unsettled. But you think you're doing all right because you got zeros in your bank account and and you got a house on the hill and you got all these material things and you and you think you're all right. And God says you're not all right. You're not all right. Because it's not the material things that will save your soul. It's a spiritual relationship with God. And so David is a king. Help us, Lord Jesus. David has everything that he needs. He he has wealth and riches even though he's on the run from Saul. David ain't worried about nothing. But he says, if I keep silent, about my sin and my iniquity as king. David said, my bones are waxing old. And, 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 and my roaring all the day long. You know, I, I just, I, I just want to drop this off here. You know, it, it's kind of hard for somebody who's bitter within themselves to be sweet to somebody else. Did, did I say that out loud? I don't think I was supposed to say that out loud. But, you know. Inside you're roaring, angry all the time, just irritated. Wind blows, you start shouting. Through my roaring all the day long. Verse number four says, for day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. Let me tell you something. When you know you're supposed to do right and you don't do right. My 56 years, you know, I, I, I understand now why the Bible says, let, let, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Amen. 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 Be angry, but sin not. You know, when stuff going on, try to reconcile it quick. Try to, woo, so you can go to sleep at night. Do the best you can, but for, for as much that is within you, the, the, the wisdom of Proverbs say, for as much that is within you, within you, try to live peaceable with all men. Try to bring some peace to your life. You know, try to bring some peace to somebody else's life. Amen. But if you're roaring and you're unsettled and your life is upside down and you, you, you think everything's all right, but you're not. Because you've yet to You've yet to come to the tabernacle to have a conversation with God, right? And some of us, you know, in the in the in the in the Old Testament, you know, there were physical places that Jerusalem, even the heretical and sinful places like uh, Bethel and Dan. There were places that people went because they knew they, you know, they had to get to that place where they thought they could meet uh, and, and have a, a opportunity for God to uh, intervene in their lives. And so they would bring the things, the sacrifices that God would uh, require of them and, and, and give it to the priests. And they would wait and, 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 and have the priests make those offerings in, in the hope that God would intervene in their lives in such a way that would relieve them from whatever it is 
that they were faced with. Uh, and, and, and so it is in the church. And, and, and let me just say something to you. It's a, it's a blessing to be able to just come together and worship and, and, and just lay our thoughts and our hearts before God and, 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 and just seek his blessing. It's a blessing to do that. Amen. We, you know, the Lord's Day is a good day. Where we could just assemble, come together, sing wonderful songs of praise to God. Amen. Remember his death, burial, and resurrection. Give back that which God has blessed us with. Amen. And, and just thank him for all that he has done. But the blessing that we really have is that our tabernacle is not in a structured place. Our tabernacle is not at 323 South Eucalyptus. Our tabernacle is with us. And any time I need to go to the Lord, I can just stop and have a little talk with Jesus. And we are of the royal priesthood. Amen. Our garments have washed in the, in the blood of Christ. Amen. We have, we have come out of much trial and tribulation. We have an we have opportunity to come before God wherever we are. And say, Father, I need to talk. I can't talk to nobody else. They ain't picking up their phone. They're not answering my texts. Amen. some comfort to my bones. Amen. I need some, I need some, I need some, 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 some infusion of spiritual nurturing in my bones so that I can deal with whatever it is I'm going through. I, I see this example because in Acts we find Paul when he goes before Jesus, he goes before Jesus thrice. Let me tell you something. I don't know what Paul was going through, but whatever, whatever it was, it was, it, was, it was a necessity for him to go before Christ and ask for strength. To ask the Lord for, for whatever it is he was dealing with in his body. Paul said, I found it necessary to go before God and, and ask for strength. And even to the point where he said, it, you know, it, it, to relieve him of that, uh, that issue that he was dealing with. And Jesus says, uh, my grace. Is sufficient. Lord have mercy. My grace is sufficient. I want you to see something here. Not my mercy. My grace is sufficient. Paul had become a child of God. Amen. Paul had become a child of God. And so as Romans chapter 5 helps us understand, we, by, uh, uh, through this faith, we, we have access into this grace wherein we stand. When we believe God, we, we become self-aware. We obey the guidance of God's word as we quote in Romans 10, 17 all the time. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We get his guidance and we follow that guidance. But even in following that guidance and becoming self-aware, there is the, still the objective which is to be delivered. Because in between your guidance and obedience is suffering. And you need God to help you through those processes. And Paul says, Lord, I'm, I'm coming to you because whatever Paul was dealing with, he said, I need some guidance. I need, I need some strength. And Jesus come back and say, my grace 
is sufficient. Lord have mercy. And we've got to get to that point where we're like Paul and we're like David, that we have spiritually matured. We're no longer on the milk. But we understand that as Christians, we become targets of the devil. Amen. Amen. Devil don't leave you alone because you become a child of God. He start messing with you more because you are a child of God. Y'all got this stuff all upside down. You, when you become a child of God, you sure enough going to suffer. Amen. And at, in John 17, Jesus even said, marvel not when the world hates you. <laughs> Wait a minute, Lord, I thought we were Christians. Everybody's supposed to love a Christian. No, I ain't how this works. You've been reading too many fairy tales. Amen. Marvel not when the world hates you. And then he says, because they first hate me. So you know if Christ was hated, amen, what you think will happen to you when you become a child of God? But see, when you have your focus on the end of the journey, deliverance, you like Jesus. I can deal with the hate. Amen. I can deal with all the ridicule. I can deal with it all because my focus is not to stay here anyhow. My focus one day to be in heaven's glory. We used to sing this song, heaven is on the other side. Amen. On the other side of what? All the suffering, all the pain, all the issues of life. Heaven's on the other side. Amen. We used to sing a song, you know, back in the day when we were part of denominationalism. We used to sing this song, I'm coming up on the rough side of the mountain. Amen. I'm doing my best to make it in. We used to see these are things that we, we, we began to understand that in the in the in between guidance and deliverance is suffering. It's the struggle of a Christian, of a Christian life. Although we've quoted it many times, we find Peter in First Peter 4, Peter many times we Peter said, Look, if any man suffer as a Christian, let him let him not be ashamed. But let him glorify God on this behalf. And so Paul, as Paul did, we we find Paul eventually, after he went to the Lord thrice about what it is that was affecting him, Jesus comes back and says, my strength is made perfect in weakness. You see? As we come back to David, David says, and Psalm 32 and 4, he says, For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. Selah. Lord have mercy. Let me tell you something. When you're going through stuff and you don't have God on your side, those things, it's, it's like, they, they, David says, it's like, it just like it dries you out. It takes all the moisture out of your body. And, and, and I don't know if you if you, you you recognize the significance of this, but but as the 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 moisture comes uh, uh, it, it is taken away from your bones, it becomes more brittle, easily easily broken. Lord have mercy. I'm about to say something. There is the, no there is no deliverance without sacrifice. 
the moisture is, 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 is drawn away from the bones. And so the bones become brittle. And when the bones become brittle, they're more easily broken. Now you know the danger of letting the influences that the devil has left behind here affect your life. Because the more you let the things of the devil affect your life, the weaker you actually become to resisting him. Lord have mercy. The bones become brittle and 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 and, and now in, in, instead of you being able to stand tall and, and stand strong and, and be able to just rock and, and, and reel in the in the in the onset of the of life's issues coming up against your house, amen. When your bones are brittle and your and your and they have been dried out, uh, any little thing will shatter your house and bring you down. He says, like a drought in the summer. Verse number five. David said, but I, I, want, I don't want my life to be like that. David says, I don't want my life to be like that. David said, I'm going to do, do something about this. I'm going to do something. See, see, David, I, I love the word of God because it's instructive. <laughs> It gives guidance. It don't just leave you out there on a on, on a ledge and you like you just ready to jump. It say, "Look, this is where you are. Now let's draw you back from it." Lord, have mercy. Thank you, Lord. I'm glad you let me know where my disposition is. He says, I'm going to acknowledge my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin, Selah. David says, look, when, you, when, you, when you're part of the tabernacle, here when you have access to the tabernacle, Sacrifice is necessary. And God made it clear. He didn't care how poor you were because if you were, you felt like you were so poor that you didn't have all the other stuff that may have gone with those who have had much. He says, look, a turtle dove will do. Something you everybody had access to. That, that will do. Whatever it was, the thing is, you understood that sacrifice was necessary in order for your deliverance to come. Deliverance is not free. Deliverance is not free. There's a high cost to Christianity. But thank God the price was paid by Christ. He paid the cost. He paid it for us. And now through the blood of Christ, we, we, are, we are able to continue to acknowledge and to, uh, to, to thank God for the sacrifice that he has made. That we might be made free from sin. And one day be entered into heaven's glory. David said I acknowledge my sin unto thee. And my iniquity have I not hid. I, I, I said I will confess 
my transgressions unto the Lord, and, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Look at the confidence that David puts in us because David says, look, he says, I went to the Lord, I asked for forgiveness, and the Lord forgave me. And what does that say to us? What does that say to us today, those who are in the body of Christ, those who are in the spiritual kingdom of God? What does that say to us when we go before God and we acknowledge what we have done? And the Bible says in 1 John chapter 1 that he's faithful and just, that if we acknowledge our sins and, and confess them, that he, he, he is faithful and just, that he will, he will forgive us and remember them no more. And that same blood cleanses us from all of our sin. God says David knew it John knew it and now we know it in verse number six David says in the psalm 32 he says look for this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found and let me let me let me just drop this off here because I mentioned this early about uh let not the sun go down upon your wrath and be angry and sin not, and some of you probably didn't see the connection here. But let me tell you something. The reason why you try to be at peace with all men as quickly as possible is because you don't know where death is. And if you die in your sin, where he is, you cannot come. David says you have to seek him when thou mayest be found. Today, now is the accepted time. Now is the time of salvation. You don't have till tomorrow. James says, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for you know not what a day may bring forth. Evil is sufficient of the day thereof. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but you know what you have right now. You got to seek him when he can be found. Don't be like the rich man that lifted up his eyes in hell and all of a sudden wanted to become an evangelist. It's too late to become an evangelist now. Not in hell. Have Lazarus go and, and, and tell my brother. <laughs> Surely they'll, they'll believe one who's raised from the dead. Abraham comes back and says to the rich man, while, while you were alive, you had everything, and Lazarus have nothing. Now you want to be an evangelist? Lazarus standing at your doorstep. You couldn't. Even, you could have been an evangelist right there. He was. He was right there at your gate. But now you want to be an evangelist. You got to do it when you can be found at the time when you can do what you what, uh, what God has designed of you to do. That's when you have to do it because we don't know where death is. For this. Shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found? Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Let me tell you something. When you with the Lord and, 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 and you're trying to, uh, uh, and you're, you're desiring to live your life according to God. Now, now, now we know we're going to have to suffer. But let me tell you something. But, but, but you're not suffering alone. See, you're not suffering alone. You got the Lord on your side. Amen. And, 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 when, and, when, and when it gets too much for you, God says, uh, God says look, when, when it gets too much for you, what I'll do is I'll, I'll shoulder the weight when it gets too much for you. But you will have to do your part. Amen. You will have to carry your cross. But I'll shoulder the weight when it gets too heavy. 
We love that poem that talks about the footprints and, 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 and we, we read it, we put it on posters and we have it hanging in our house and, and in, the, in, in all these different places. And, and I wonder if anybody really knows what that whole poem talks about and what it really means. It has footprints and at one time it says that, it, depending on the version that you look at, but nevertheless, here's the one that's most common. There's an imagery where, where there, there are two sets of footprints and they're walking side by side. These two sets of footprints and the person is talking uh, 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 to, to the Lord and, and they're walking and talking and they see two sets of footprints. But then after a while, there's only one set of footprints. And so there's some questioning going on, almost like Job. showed me and, uh, and, 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 and everything I see for a while there there was there was there was a time when we was we, there were two sets of footprints and we were walking side by side and, and we were walking together I think I can take an analogy here and go to Romans chapter 8 and I can see where the Bible says that the that the spirit helpeth us with our infirmities he, he, you know it's in that in that place where when 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 uh, soon I see the bottom line when, when I have need of help We carry it together. Amen. The Greek word to not be the bottom line means I get help with. Or I receive help with. I receive help with my problem. When I'm walking with the Lord. When I'm in the tabernacle. When I'm striving to be the one that God desires me, the priest, the, the Christian that God desires me to be. I'm walking with him. He's walking with me. I'm carrying my problems together. Because I go down in the watery grave of baptism doesn't mean my problem goes away. It means I need help with it. Amen. I need help with my problem. Amen. 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 I receive help from the Lord. But guess what? We, we are still human. And sometimes the weight of our problem gets heavy. Stay with me now because I'm almost done. Sometimes it gets heavy. I'm trying to make it to deliverance. I'm trying to make it to heaven's glory. I'm working out my salvation with fear and trembling. I'm doing all I can. I've obeyed the gospel. I believe in the word of God. I know there's only one church. Amen. But I'm still working on my problems. Amen. You follow what I'm saying? We debate about the wrong stuff. Amen. I need help with my issue. I need to know that the Lord is there where I can have just a little talk with him. And he helps me carry my burden. He helps me carry my cross. And I, and I keep walking with him. But then I get to the point where in my humanity, I may become so fatigued with my issues that, that then he's, the, the person says, I see that from time to time, there's only one set of footprints. Why, Lord? Why did you leave me? Why did you forsake me? You're asking the wrong question. What you should have been asking is why is there only one set of footprints? 
you leave me? Why did you forsake me? Why did you abandon me? That's the, why is there only one set? That's the question. one set of footprints. Because I'm carrying you. Let your strength be renewed. Let your bones get a little stronger. And then when you got to the point where your bones were stronger and your strength were renewed, I put you back down. And I still help you carry the promise. David says, David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I, I feel no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's deliverance. That's deliverance. child of God. Keep your mind focused on the deliverance. Because that's eternal life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. It seems like I'm getting older, but I preach like I'm young. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But I just, amen. I just got to Maybe it's because, you know, they say when your candle burn brightest is at the end. <laughs> I hope that's not the case, but hey. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And where is that house? Where is that house? David says, I mean, uh, uh, Paul says to Timothy, if I tarry long, if I tarry long, Paul says, that thou mayest know how to behave thyself. 
the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. That's deliverance. And you can only be delivered to heaven's glory when you are in the house of God, the church of the living God. Paul would name it, Romans 16 and 16, salute one another with a holy kiss, and the churches of Christ salute you. There's only one church, one body, one kingdom. And God says he's going to deliver, he's going to deliver it into heaven's glory. Romans 10 and 17 says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God, but he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a reward of those that diligently seek him. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God wants to make sure that you understand that you have to repent of your sins. David made it very clear that we have acknowledged our transgressions. Luke 13, 3 and 5 says, I tell you, nay, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Acts 17 and 30, God commandeth every man everywhere to repent. 2 Peter 3, 8, 3 and 9, God is... Uh, one day with God is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day wishing none to perish, but that all should come unto repentance. Confessing Jesus Christ to be the Son of God, Romans 10 and 9, with the mouth we confess Christ Jesus. Romans 10 and 10, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Going down in that watery grave of baptism, where the blood of Christ cleanses us, covers us, cleanses us from all of our past sins, and we arise to walk. In the newness of life, God has given us this plan, this plan of salvation. And he expects for those who desire to be saved, those who want to become part of the kingdom, part of the church, part of his body, part of his house, part of the tabernacle, the spiritual tabernacle, obey the gospel. Paul says in Romans 1 and 16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to all those who believe, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. For it is written, if the just shall live by faith, we believe in God's word. That's why Mark says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. It begins with your belief. It begins with your belief. And it's your time. It's your time to come right now. Let God add you to the church. Let him add you to his house. Let him add you to the kingdom. Let him add you to the tabernacle. Let him add you. You can sit right here. Sit right over here. Sit right over here. Sit right over here. Sit right over here. God will add you to the kingdom. And when he adds you to the kingdom through the watery grave of baptism, you can arise and walk in the newness of life. You can change. Be different. Be different. Take off the worldly garments. Put on the holy garments. Rise and walk in the newness of life. It doesn't matter what the devil remembers. God forgets and forgives. He blesses you. He blesses you to carry those burdens as you continue to walk towards deliverance. Why don't you come right now as we stand and as we sing the invitational song? Why don't you come? 948. 948. I am resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the word. Delight things that are higher, things that are no.
Amen. Church, let us know pages 350, and at this time, let us prepare our hearts and our minds for communion. When my love to Christ grows weak, when for deeper faith I see, then in the 